Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the El Nino Podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. So thank you for everybody who's been sharing, subscribing, everybody who's tapping in live, everybody who's going to watch afterwards. I'm going to thank you in advance. Much love to you. I appreciate you guys. Everybody who's been seeing me in the streets and showing me love and support, thank you. I truly appreciate you guys. I want to say uh, happy Father's Day to all the all the dads and all the men that's out there taking care of their business, taking care of their family, and taking care of their kids. Much love to you guys and all the seniors mothers who raise their kids man much love to y'all too because uh i'll tell you what man you know you guys will raise the village for sure but uh today i gotta skip a special guest i'm very honored and i'm very excited to have her on here and you know we're gonna break bread of knowledge and break down things down for you guys so i'm gonna introduce gabriela santiago romero thank you so much for having me excited to be here yeah, yeah, thank you. Shit, I'm honored to have you here. So, Gabriela, she is the Detroit City Council uh, member of Detroit District 6. So, um, you know, she take care of a lot of business for us, you know? I do, I do. <laughs> yes. So, Gabriela, tell the people a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up at, you know, and, you know, sure. all, the get, all that good. You know how we do the good, the bad, the ugly, you know? Sure. Um, it's all been pretty messy, you know? <laughs> um so where am i from where where uh where where i came from so i'm, I'm an immigrant so i was born in mexico i was born in puerto vallarta my family's from san ignacio um in jalisco a lot of folks are um from that live in detroit are from san ignacio their families are from there and okay. um i grew up in southwest detroit over on tarno mcgraw i've lived there since i was six years old i've been in the city of detroit since i was two and um, I still live in the same house that I grew up in, um, and and I love it. I my neighborhood is incredibly diverse. It's beautiful. It's um, it's, it's it's there's nothing else. There's like there's no other place um, like Southwest Detroit. Um, so very proud to be an immigrant. Very proud to be from my neighborhood. I. Whenever I say where I live, people are like, oh, you're from the hood. I was like, yes, yes, I am. Definitely. I, uh, you know, unfortunately, fall asleep to gunshots. I I've, I, I know um, the struggles that many of our, our um, young people dealt with growing up. It's, it's different now. It's, thankfully, it's, it's, it's a lot different now. But, um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm from. I'm still there, and I love it. No, that's really dope. Um, how what was it like, like the transition from, you know, even like schooling and things like that, having to learn English, like, and then even with your parents oh, and sure. the the challenges that they, you know, had to go through and stuff. Sure. So, um, yeah, I didn't learn how to speak English until I was around five or six. I was in Head Start. I went through Head Start. So grateful for Head Start. Um, Where'd I you love go? It. I went to Webster Head Start. I don't remember. I it was this little like it's it's the little red um is it on west building. Boulevard? No, no it's okay. right behind um so there's clark there's clark park there's that street 
or there's that school. It's not Earhart. It's the, it's the school across from Earhart. Okay. It's oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The Bed Elementary School. Well, behind that school is like a little shed, a red shed. That's also a school or daycare or Head Start Center. When I went there, it was a Head Start. Um, that's where we had Head Start. Um, oh, so I can't okay. remember the name. But yeah, I did. I, I did actually poll watching there. Yes. Was it last year? Yeah. yeah. We were doing it where they were doing all the voting yep, and stuff Yep, it's a voting site. So that school right behind it, that, that, red, that yep, red building. Yep, I know exactly where you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, I, I don't know. When I think about, you know, our people that, you know, that all the challenges, the obstacles that they've went through are still going through, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then, you know, the impacts of, you know, our families, you know, I, I mean, when, when I went to prison in 2002, like I had aunts, uncles that had migrated to Detroit, you know, they're mm-hmm. from Mexico. All my family, they're from San Luis Potosi, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And um, so they migrated from, you know, Chicago to Detroit. And um, over the time I was gone, you know, my uncle had got um, deported and then mm-hmm. and then my aunt, you know, had got deported. So I had like five, six cousins that were all left behind either in mm-hmm. Detroit or Chicago. And they were all young you know and they had to like fend for themselves because their mother and their father both got deported you know and and they weren't like criminals or anything like that they were like selling elotes and shit on the corner you know what i mean just trying to make an honest living so you know um you know i'm grateful that you know your family was able to make it and you know and and then you be the product of that you know thanks uh, of survival you know for sure yeah so you started off with struggle Yes. yes. <laughs> you know what like I'm many saying? Many of us that do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, so, uh, you know, I had, when, when I was younger, I used to um, live in Lincoln Park. And this was back in the 80s. This was back when I was about five, six, seven years old. And I started going to school. And uh, I initially didn't really speak much English either when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I spoke primarily Spanish because once my mother and my father had split up, my mother had um, had my brothers with the, with the Cubano. And, he, and this mm-hmm. was in the 80s when the Cubanos just got here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was very fluent in Spanish. So that's how mm-hmm. I grew up speaking Spanish. And then in schools, they were telling my mom, like, you guys can't keep speaking Spanish to me. <laughs> to teach them english yeah so then eventually i ended up forgetting the damn spanish yeah. and spoke all english and then i had to learn all my spanish yeah. back again you know if you don't use it you lose it i know all my cousins in chicago used to make fun of me and then when i went to mexico oh it's no horrible. they yeah. were like hell no i used to yeah, fun to be i used to be, i was embarrassed to even so speak you know yeah no for sure <laughs> That's real. That's very real. Yeah, you know my mom. She married. Uh, she married a guy. Uh, he from San Ignacio too, mm. man. Yep. <laughs> my mom. She something else, and he was something else too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, for sure. But good they people are. though, man. For yeah. real. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, we have a lot of people from San Ignacio in Detroit. I love San Ignacio. It's a really amazing little town. Mm-hmm. Um, people are great. Um, I love my family. But there are a lot of us. Um, actually, there's a lot of us like all over the country. Um, they have las fiestas, and it's, it seems like a annual, just big party in San Ignacio. Mm-hmm. They do this parade um, where they have all like the expats coming back, and um, down the parade, there's always somebody that has a license plate of the states 
of where the, those people are coming from in, mm -hmm. in, in the United States. Oh, wow. For and, real? Oh, yeah, that's dope. And you just see people from, like, Michigan. There's this long line of people from Michigan. Or California. There's a long line of people from California. And it's mm -hmm. everybody that's originally from San Ignacio, but they're all, we're, we're all basically all over the country now, um, all over the United States. Um, and it's it's just really cool to see the migration and the growth and the connection that people still have to San Ignacio. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I mean, it's just made such an impact in the community, just in the lifestyle of the of the community itself, because it just, you know, the community is so much cleaner now, it's so much nicer. Like mm -hmm. you see all these, you know, properties, you know, being built by the people, mm -hmm. you know, the houses, the fences, the gates, buying all the dilapidated houses and the lots and building on them, like, yeah. and starting businesses, like, like that's what you call, you know, making something out of nothing, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and then have all the challenges of obstacles that you're be dealing with you know police or border patrol and all that type of stuff you know yeah. and still trying to raise a family and be safe mm -hmm. you know you know one of the things I, I you know when i was in the joint they were um some guys they was they was from the neighborhood and they were having laughs talk about how they was robbing the elote man and shit like that and i was like man you guys are the dumbest you know what i'm saying like you guys are literally in here laughing about this shit how stupid are you you know yeah. what i mean i was like what's wrong with you that's like t tearing down the community man yeah. you know these people are already going through all these challenges mm -hmm. last thing they need is you sitting there sticking them up for money that they're trying yeah. to you know pay rent and you know take care of their kids and their families yeah. you know and trying to work in the shadows and things like that yeah. you know but you know um i'm just glad to see our people thriving though overall yeah, I'm going to start telling them to take Venmo. One, because I don't have enough cash for when they, <laughs> from when they come to my house. But that way, if if somebody does decide to do something like that, well, I don't have cash on me. I, I got it all through Venmo. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... So tell us a little bit about, do you have like siblings or anything like that? Or are you the only child? I have a little brother. I'm, I'm the, there's two of us. Um... My brother's at Wayne State right now, wrapping up uh, school. Okay, good um, for him. Yeah, going to graduate soon with an engineering degree. Um, yeah, it's just me and him. So did he start out in like robotics programs and stuff like that? He did like robotics, that? yes. He did robotics. He really liked it. I still, he's, He still volunteers and, and does some like mentoring on, on robotics. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that he liked it and that he's done some, some work in it. I learned so much about it by working at the DHDC mm -hmm. because we had like the biggest um, robotics program and um, like it was so dope to see so many youth you know yeah. so advanced with you know building these robots and then i went to like my first uh robot competition about six months ago i think it, i believe it might have been at wayne state as well oh, okay. and they had like this big competition and you're just seeing them like shooting these balls and stuff like that into these baskets climbing these poles and i was like man these kids are like 12 13 14 and then they got mentors from like ford chrysler yeah. you know gm and and um i'm like wow that's the future of this country is engineering and mm. and i'm just glad to see you know the youth so young and they're already into the practice of things yeah. you know like like you can see that you know they're not interested in anything but progression and education and you know that's dope because you know when i was growing up when we were younger like you asked one of us what do we want to be when we grew up like you either didn't know or yeah. you're like i want to be a gang member a drug yeah. dealer like nobody wanted to uh be a doctor or a lawyer or yeah. you know a fireman or a police officer <laughs> or none of that shit you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah. but now to see that you know people are in positions of 
of, of politics, positions of, you know, being and having careers like engineering mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I'm really proud of that. Me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good to see. It's been needed. Um, it's hard to think of what to do when you don't see it. Um, and we grew up just seeing a certain thing or certain people or certain um, uh, careers. <laughs> so um, being able to see other people do it differently, I think, goes a long way. Yeah, you know, my father, um, before you know he passed away, he always told me that he prayed that I would have a job working with a suit and a tie behind the desk, he said, because he's worked so hard his yeah. whole life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Always doing break backing work. Mm-hmm. And um and I know that, you know, God heard his prayers because when I came home and got this job at DHDC, like that was just like so dope for me. But mm. when they gave me my own desk, I was like, Wow, I was like, God heard my father's prayers, mm. you know what I mean? Where yeah. I get to come, you know, and dress in a nice dress shirt or, you know, just it was just I was like, Man, I was really grateful for that because yeah. you know, a lot of you know, our people come from backbreaking work. working fields and construction and things like that so it's nice to see that our people are sophisticated now and you know that we get down with the best of them Mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely yeah so um tell us a little bit about you know like your schooling and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. um did you go to college i did yes okay um so i uh school went to public elementary school for the first few years and then got into a lot of fights uh i was a quote-unquote bad kid and i would get in trouble a lot so my mom put me in catholic schools to see if that would help and it did um (laughs) it did help quite frankly um public schools were not providing me the education or challenging me um, academically where I would focus and and care to learn. I, I wasn't learning. So when she put me into publics and when she put me into Catholic schools, that did have, you know, somewhat of a better um, curriculum and challenged me more mentally. I was able to focus and and do better in school. Um, what do you think made you focus more? I mean, did they give you more personal space or did they give you more attention or was it because um you know was it the atmosphere of things well the classrooms were smaller um it was smaller classrooms we all each got our own individual books it was it was classroom size it was resources and it was challenging which is important kids need to be challenged um Mm -hmm. we need to um be told that we can do things and um and then given the tools and the opportunity to do that work. So I think it was a mixture of more attention, more resources, uh, more more challenges that made me grow, made me be a better student, made me care about learning. Because it's exciting mm-hmm. to be challenged. Like I, yeah. I like school, I like learning, and um, I like a good challenge. I can be very competitive. Uh, so being able to compete with my colleagues or my, my classmates, you know, on good grades and, and actually having students that cared about school because in public school kids didn't really care about school if anything mm-hmm. you were a loser if you cared about school and i was like oh no <laughs> I, I believe I that yeah i believe so. that yeah kids kids can be cruel i mean i for sure i dropped out of school in ninth grade i mean mm-hmm. i never even had really any aspirations of ever graduating i never did no proms none of that you know mm-hmm. and, and shout out to everybody you know who graduated this year mm-hmm. and you know everybody's proms i've been seeing everybody's pictures um you know definitely very 
proud to see, you know, um, you know, this generation being so accomplished and valuing education, school, you know, shout out, salute to all you guys, man. It's definitely beautiful. I just, you know, me growing up, we weren't like, like it was a big deal if one of your kids or brothers or cousins or somebody graduated because nobody was graduating. Nobody yeah. was going to school. So it was yeah. a big deal. And now it's like, you know, everybody, you know, is is accomplishing that now. And it's yeah. nice to see everybody as a whole valuing education in a whole different level. Yeah, It's sure. just growing up, you know, you didn't care about school. You cared about paying bills and eating. And, mm. you know, we were just in the struggle, you know. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the struggle, you just living one day at a time, you mm -hmm. know. And, uh, you know, when you go to school, you know, you got to be determined. You have to have goals in mind. You have to want to be a graduate. You know, yeah. you have to value education. And, yeah. you know, that's why I said that a lot of people from our community have an impoverished mind state. That's mm -hmm. why it's so hard for us to get get away, to get out, you know, because we, you know, I used to feel like what I was was what I was always going to be. Like, mm -hmm. And like I said, we didn't have like we weren't inspired you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying by nothing yeah. and i tell people like it's hard to, to dream big when you're surrounded by everything that's so small yeah you know yeah. and it even makes the mind small mm -hmm. you know 100 percent. yeah but going through the transitions that i did just show me that life is big and life is what you make it and if you want it go get it mm -hmm. you know for yeah. sure so um how'd you end up in politics uh, so I have always been very engaged in the community. Mm -hmm. um, I have been protesting, volunteering, attending community meetings since I was a kid. Um, so attended my first protest in the fifth grade um, and basically haven't stopped since then. I um, share a lot of struggles that a lot of people share mm -hmm. and have been able to share my story and through education un understood that that wasn't my fault, that it was these systems that are set in place that oftentimes um, create harm and create difficult positions and and really bad quality of life for, for people like me. Um, so when I was protesting and calling politicians out and corporations out, um, during that same time, thankfully, people like Rashida Tlaib were in office, or Stephanie Chang, later Raquel, um, who was the council member before me. And these were all women of color who come from poverty, um, who come from working class families, many of them um, who, who come from immigrant families, who come from struggles like mine that were in positions of power that were doing really great things. And they saw me, they saw me at all the community meetings, they saw me really engaged and they told me to run for office. Um, and I, I had never thought about it, um, never even thought I could do it. But thankfully, um, I, I think seeing is believing. So seeing people like me in office doing the work made me realize that I could do it as well. Um, I have been voting since I was 18. Wow. Very, very engaged in, in, in local politics because I realized that it actually, it does work, you know, when, when people who care are, are, are in politics. Um, and I've been an organizer uh, since, I was like 2021 um, so it's it's all of that it's my community engagements it's um, people encouraging me to run for office one day um, that led me to do this 
So what does one day look like for Gabriela Santiago Romero when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, being the Detroit City Council member, District 6? Like, what does that look like? You know, what are the challenges, the obstacles, the ups, the downs? What do you need from, you know, your people, your community? You know what I'm saying? For you to accomplish, you know, the goals and the needs of the people. Yeah, so uh, every day is different. Um, but roughly... Um, so I, and what I need is to take care of myself. So, um, because I, I I cannot do this job if, if I'm hungry or tired or sleepy or sick. So, um, I take care of myself by waking up at 6am, uh, stretching, working out, yoga, meditation, uh, journaling. I need to do those things for myself. I'm in the office by eight, um, my every day is different but it's jam-packed with meetings and sessions and committees um and no no day is the same it's always something different which which i really love um i get booked with meetings so today um it's basically eight to eight when i work i I work 12 hours a day wow um like three to four days a week plus weekends a few hours every weekend um and yeah what i need is just to make sure that i'm taking care of myself because this work is exhausting um i I, i'm learning to to ask for help i'm learning to um to to say no when i can um or to at least you know ask for flexibility um and that is incredibly helpful for for the work I just want to say 1000% that I can feel you. I feel you. I understand. Um, you know, I, I am a man of many responsibilities. I wear mm-hmm. a lot of hats in the community. And, um, you know, I, um, you know, you, you go through through mental breakdowns. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, you know, I had, was telling Angie, you know, how I was feeling one day. And she was just like, you know, you have to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And, um you know my mother um she was the type of woman that she did anything everything bend over backwards to help anybody everybody even when she ain't even have it yeah so when you grow up with a mother like that you know i grew up not being taught how to take care of myself Mm -hmm. i was only taught how to take care of others Mm -hmm. so angie reyes was like you know you really have to take care of yourself especially in this work because you know whatever you lack and you're gonna lack you know and then i'm a i'm a youth mentor so Mm -hmm. you know they're gonna feed off my energy Mm -hmm. so i have the responsibility to take care of myself to take care of them but i just didn't know how i didn't know where to start like i was one of the people like i feel like i got the answer to everybody's problems except for my own you know what i'm saying but this week this week for the first time ever it, I focused on Eladio's mental health. Good. I'm talking about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even today. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these days have been dedicated to my, my mental health. Mm-hmm. My wife took me yesterday to um, Gallup Park in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. and we went kayaking. Good. It was one of the most peaceful you know i mean it was just a wonderful feeling to be Mm -hmm. out there with the water with the sun with the trees with you know your family your people um and then just doing things that i needed to do and wanted to do not not having to serve and do and obligations for everybody else like you know i love doing that but 
I can't pour into nobody if I ain't got nothing left in me to pour. So I feel so good about taking care of myself for once. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, I'm going to continue to do that because I need that. Because if I don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm going I'm going to I'm going to, you know, have a mental breakdown and I ain't going to be able to do nothing for nobody. Yeah. You know. So I understand that it's very important, you know, for people to understand the necessity. And, and, you know, I guess for me or maybe men in general or maybe just me, but, you know, (laughs) you just feel like I'm strong. I got it. I got this. I've been through this. I'm no stranger to danger. I've been dealing with this shit my whole life. I'm used to, you know, all the obstacles and challenges and I'm used to being strong. But I'll tell you what. You got, you know, it's a sin not to take care of yourself, yeah. you know, so I'm I'm learning that and just knowing how good it feels. I want to make a part of my practice on yeah. a regular basis. So yeah. I'm happy to hear that you do what you need to do for you mm-hmm. before you can do for anybody else. Yeah, I need to or I, I can't I, I can't um, perform to my to my best to um, at the best of my ability. So. And the one thing I learned to accept is you are not going to make everybody happy. Yeah. Everybody is not yep. going to be happy with what you do, how you do it, the decisions you make. Right. There's no way. And, and I used to be that one person that be, I would beat myself up because yep. everybody's not satisfied. Yep. But in this line of work, you'll kill yourself if you don't. You yep. know what I'm saying? I have learned that um, I need to take care of myself because, I mean, at the end of the day, unfortunately, people who may not know me and hear about me for the first time and hear that I'm a politician, they're like, oh, she ain't, she ain't nothing. Like, she's just like everybody else. So I've accepted that um, I need to just do what's best for me, not take anything personally, take care of myself, because at the end of the day, um, that's really all I got is myself and people that know me and love me. Um, and I can't make everybody happy. I can try my best. I can definitely mm-hmm. try my best. And I've, I've learned to let that go because I am someone that um, wants to be liked and, and wants people to like me. And, and I, I don't like disappointing people. Um, but to your point, at this line of work, people just automatically assume something based on, on, on this role and this work that I do. Um, so I might as well take care of myself too to help myself survive um, all of the the challenges that come with this world with this work listen absolutely i mean we are in the business of serving people you know what i'm saying and meeting their needs Mm -hmm. and then we live in a community where people need Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's like every resource overtime energy you know you sacrifice and suffer your own things you know what i'm saying you can't even catch up with your own thoughts and feelings sometimes yeah. because you in motion of you know helping somebody else with their problems yeah. you know but um you know it's just that you know people don't always understand you know what we go through they think that everything you know is easy peasy you mm-hmm. know what i mean and uh it's it's challenging every day but i think that you know those who are committed to change those who are committed to growth and and the progression of their community and their people i think that's what keeps us motivated keeps us very driven and um you know i that's why i feel like i live a purposeful life you know yeah. what i mean and um you know in life i i know you got to pick and choose your battles you know mm-hmm. and uh you know everybody's not your friend everybody's not for you but like i said as long as i know that i'm sticking to the script and i'm doing yeah. what's right you know what i'm saying 
I uh, I can't worry about what everybody else thinks or feels. You know. What I mean? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what's like on the agenda right like right now like um, as far as you know goals and you know for the community for the people. You know, what are their, like, needs right now? And, like, who needs to hear? Who needs to see this, you know? Like, mm. like what do we need to do to help? Sure. So there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things that residents need right now. There's a lot of things that we need to work on. I would say in the immediate, it's just meeting people's basic needs. Um, so a lot of people have left Detroit and continue to leave Detroit because they are unhappy with how the city is run. They're unhappy with their garbage being picked up late, with them calling the police and they don't show up, um, with their lights not being on, with um, there being glass on the floor. So people's quality of life in the city, although we, you know there's a comeback, although you see a development happening in certain areas of the city, not everyone is feeling that impact. And it's, it's, it's really disappointing and it's really frustrating. So for me, it's about keeping people in the city. It's about making people know that that somebody cares for them and that we're working really hard to meet their needs to 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 make sure that they are safe that they are healthy um in the immediate it's working on the environmental impacts that people are dealing with we have a new bridge coming in that's a lot more truck traffic um we have climate change right now we're going to have three 90 degree days this week that is just I, i've never had I, i've never remembered us having this kind of heat um, in, in, in the past. So that's real. Climate change is real. Our failing infrastructure is real. So there is a lot. There's a lot that we have that, that we're dealing with. Um, but these are all things that my office is working on. And it's really exciting. Um, housing is a huge issue right now. There's people that are paying really high rents. Um, there's people that, you know, can't afford to buy a house. I can't afford to buy a house right now. But it's exciting to be in this space and in this role um being able to make an impact being able to do something about it and my office is actually leading um the conversation now with the mayor's office and trying to see how can we put a hundred million dollars into into housing um and that's something that we initiated that's a conversation that we pushed for so there's a lot going on and i guess what what i need from people is to be engaged um it's to follow us on on social media it's to sign up for our newsletter it's to um to realize that politics is not all just dirty games um politics is is people politics mm -hmm. is people making choices every single day it's people showing up it's people voicing their opinions it's somebody listening and, and taking action um but i can't do that if people aren't engaged if they're not asking me questions if they're not holding me accountable if they're not letting me know what, what the issues are mm -hmm. so definitely ask that people be engaged that they show up that they that they challenge us that they keep our our, our feet to the fire um, because the system isn't broken it works but it only works if you're if you're doing something about it if, if you're actually trying i think that our people are just so used to struggling and getting it how you live and getting mm -hmm. it on your own that even sometimes they feel like their voice doesn't matter it's been ignored for so long mm -hmm. you know like i never felt like it was important for me mm -hmm. to vote i just voted for the first time ever like two years ago mm. and the only reason i did is because of where i work at at the dhdc mm -hmm. like and it felt really good mm -hmm. you know to do that because i never thought about it i never you know felt like i ever met the criteria i never cared enough either sure. 
You know, yeah. I felt like who cares about me? Who, you mm. know, my voice don't matter. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as long as you continue to think that way, then you're always going to get them results. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just would love to see some good financial opportunities pour into our community and our people. And I ain't talking about just for everybody who's already eaten. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure. talking about for everybody who's, you know, for their well-being. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's just time for some huge economical changes for our people you know what i mean sure. and uh you know i want to be a part of that conversation and i want to contribute to the well-being and to the solutions that we need but you know again you know the people got the they got the care too you know yeah because you know we need numbers numbers don't lie and you know the reality of things is yes they're in need but when we're dealing with a population that you know a big part of the, our population are undocumented people mm -hmm. you know they're they don't want to come out they don't want to be seen they're moving in the shadows and they really mm -hmm. feel like they don't have a voice or don't you know i feel like people like us are in place to be the voice for those who mm. feel like they don't have one but we also need the numbers we need the support we mm. need you to come vote like you mm -hmm. said we need the questions you know we need um you know we need you to engage you know but because i mean if you don't care then you can't expect anybody else to care and mm -hmm. that goes back to that you know being used to struggle and just that impoverished mind state you know mm. and um you know people just need to know that that change can be you know can can is possible but you know you got to put in your part as well yeah you know you can't sit here and complain that everything is messed up and then you're not doing anything to help it or fix it yeah you it's know? also it's not magic it's not it's not a rigged system it really is what you put into it so if you're not putting anything in you're not going to get anything back mm-hmm no definitely i just um you know even in schooling like i don't know just everything education is different in different places mm -hmm. like i i wonder like how come you can go you know over here in a suburb city and get better education like what is different from their education to what we're being educated or is it the behavior is it the quality of the teacher or the teaching or you know the value of school and education i mean what is it you know and it's i'm not saying there's one overall answer for everything but i know that you know life is what you make it and if i've seen too many generations have been passed on poverty has been passed on mm -hmm. and not only just poverty in a physical state but also in a mind mm -hmm. state you know where people are just used to being poor used to yeah. being broke used to being hungry used to struggling you know what i mean yeah. and uh you know i just need them to know that they have power they have power they have a voice they have the ability to change their situation you mm -hmm. know you can do better you can be better but you have to make the change you got to make the first steps mm -hmm. you can't just sit back and wait for it to come to you You can't wait for gabriella to knock on the door with a secure pack for you you know what i'm saying like you sure. got to come down and make make it happen for yourself too yeah you know i mean shit we try to break down language barriers you know even at the dhdc we got resource flyers and we do it in arabic we do it in spanish we do it in mm -hmm. english we you know we're trying to reach everybody but yeah. you know you can lead a horse to the water but i can't make you drink yeah no you for know? sure
and then the challenges we got to go through everybody ain't for us you know we could have most wonderfulest ideas but if they ain't eating or benefit from it you know mm -hmm. they they ain't really for it you know yeah. so that's when we need to put the people behind us mm -hmm. you know yeah so like when you go downtown like who you know what challenges you know uh, i mean how do, how do we tap into like financial resources like Mm. You know, I don't know, man. It just every every time I look at our people, I see our people starting from the bottom and work themselves up. You know yeah. what I mean? But I feel like, you know, I want equal opportunity too. If there's some mm -hmm. financial opportunity that could uplift us and uplift our communities or existing businesses or people trying to start businesses, I think that, you know, we should have a fair shot at that as well. For sure. Yeah. No, we do. And uh, honestly the resources that are out there as you mentioned there are so many barriers to even accessing them um and and i could go through you know organizations um uh like uh um uh, you know like there's like mortar city match there's the build institute there is tech town there's there's orgs that help um entrepreneurs but there's also a lot of barriers for that for for those resources where Honestly, if you were to ask me where the resources are, how to get help, I always just turn to our people. Um, I think that we live in a scarcity mindset when in reality, if we put our resources together, we can support each other and we can go a long way. Um, I'm used to fundraising at a macro level where I'm just asking you for $5. And um, it's like the idea around Detroit Soup. Detroit Soup is a, they used to have these um, monthly, these monthly dinners where you would, um, they would make soup and have bread, make bread, which is, you know, inexpensive to make and it's good and it's filling. And they would have three people present. Um, and this is still going on, but you'll, you'll have three different people present an idea. Like some somebody wants to open a coffee shop. Somebody wants to pay for a youth program. Another person wants to open, you know, a storefront where they want to sell shoes. Um, and the idea is that community comes, you, you pay $5 at the door, um, you put that money into a pot of money, you hear the three people um, present why they should win that money. And at the end of the day, they win whatever was at the door. And sometimes, you know, you collect $500, $1,000, $5,000, you can give what you can, you don't have to give just $5. Um, so I actually believe in, in small incremental um, collection of resources and i actually believe that our, our community is is full of resources we just we just we're, we're being told that we don't have it or, or it feels as if we don't have it but when we come together and, and and i know i bring rice you bring beans you bring tacos like that's a meal for everybody absolutely um yeah, and no we can all share it. and we can all survive and um that's really what i think we should be thinking about um whenever we're like we don't have anything what are you saying like look to your neighbor your neighbor is right there and we can support each other you know when i went to mexico um i would when i went when i was about 11 12 years old but i was always told how poor mexico was you know mm. and granted it was yes. physically it was <laughs> sure. poor you know yeah but the hospitality yeah the spirit of mm -hmm. the country of the people yeah was rich mm -hmm. rich absolutely they treat you with love with kindness yeah. i mean no matter what they have you're welcome to it mm -hmm. like they treat you with hospitality i mean yeah it was just the richness of the people like they weren't stressed mm -hmm. they weren't worried about nothing yeah 
food was plentiful food yes. was always fresh yep. i mean i watched them kill the goat a cow yeah. a chicken or i mean mm -hmm. uh, everything you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying everything was like they lived off the land for real yeah. i had ate the tunas off the uh, yes. nopales That's awesome. man i was like That's man so this good. is and this is all like from the earth this yeah. is all natural this yeah. is all off the land yeah. and i was like wow the culture there was so rich mm -hmm. you, you know what i'm saying like the hospitality the way people treated and that was not like and now even at that age i realized that the difference here in the countries like in the states everybody is like always hustle and bustle everybody's always worried everybody's always stressed out everybody's always like you know what i'm saying yeah. worried about themselves you know what i yeah. mean what can i do what i gotta do more i'm not doing enough mm -hmm. you know what i mean and they were just like everybody was in cruise control mm -hmm. nobody was starving yeah nobody was jealous or worried about nobody else's business mm -hmm. i was like man that's beautiful you know just mm -hmm. to see humanity at that level even though you know that you know they didn't have brand new cars and trucks and mansions and home like none of that yeah but they just you felt so good because it was the people the power of the people yeah you know what i mean for sure but i just uh you know i want to see that for us you know that we we reach that level of humanity because you know violence man you know is just everywhere you know the devil don't take no breaks or he don't discriminate you know it was you know i just recently went to a, a funeral with a 11 year old girl was just murdered you know what yeah. i'm saying killed random she was going to have a sleepover at her grandma's house you know what i mean she was there a half hour and a stray bullet flew through the house you know what i mean and um you know so when you see see that it's like man like we got we got work to do yeah. you know we got to start working with these youth you know um in southwest we got so many talented boxers but you know they're going other places to mm. go for their training boxing mm. i just don't see why we shouldn't have a boxing center in southwest detroit we got so many buildings i don't know people own them don't know own them but they're not being used they're you know they're boarded up it's like you know if you want to really see us do good give us the opportunity i don't know who owns it or who to talk to yeah. but open this shit up let us start a yeah. gym get them youth off the streets let them start working on their minds on their bodies being professionals being productive being able to do something positive for themselves you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying you want to get them off the streets give them somewhere to go yeah you know what i'm saying i was even telling chief white the other day when i was doing walk a mile with him like you know when i was growing up by the time i was 21 i had three kids already i had dropped mm -hmm. out of school in ninth grade i had no education so i wasn't gonna get no good job and then child support was going to take all my money anyway yeah. so i was like i'm gonna sell drugs for the rest of my life yeah. you know what i mean mm -hmm. but you know i just feel like we you know talking to systems like friend of the court you know let a guy live you know what i'm saying yeah. a lot of you know he may have you know done a lot of things when he was younger you know what i'm saying i you know a little bit older or a little bit more responsible whatever it may be but give give somebody the best chance that they can have you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying to be able to grow and um you know and and i'm just I, I just firsthand like i tell people all the time i used to be part of the problem and now i'm at the table coming up with you know mm -hmm. the solutions because i used to be that you know that that 
person, you know. Sure. I was I was dr selling drugs in the streets, being in prison, mm -hmm. in the gangs. I used to be part of that, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and I just, you know, now I just want to um share my story in hopes of inspiring others to just do different, prioritize life, value freedom, value life, value others, be kind to others. Please, thank you. Excuse me to your neighbors, to your elders, to your kids, you know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. just, you know, the morality of the people of the community. That's what needs to grow. That's what needs to change. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And it starts with us. Yeah. You know? For sure. <sighs> it does. Yeah, for real, man. And um, I just love working at the DHDC. You know, shout out to, uh, you know, the, the adult services department. That's my department. But much love to youth department <laughs> and all the department, the whole agency. They be doing their thing. Fantasma Market, have you been to any of their yeah, events? I have. Oh, man. Very they, cool. Yep, definitely. They always got a lot going on. And, uh, you know, they're very supportive of everybody, very diverse. You know, they show everybody love. And um, I just love working there because, you know, I've been able to evolve myself. You know, I've been educated to so much. You know, I'm learning so much. And, and um, you know, that is really a place that really cares about their people and their community. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's ugly when you see, you know, everybody has you know the same goals in mind but then you got all this backbiting and it's all about money when you talk about different organizations and mm. different politicians and this side and that side and i was like man i thought we was all in the same work i all i thought we was all aiming for the same purpose you know yeah. what i'm saying but when it comes to money all of a sudden everybody <laughs> want to step on each other man yeah. that's terrible you know what i mean but like I said, man, as long as I know I stick to the script and everything that I do stays righteous, I can't never go wrong, you know? For sure, yeah. Yeah. So what's the future looking like for you? Just try to make sure that I do this job well. Um, it's my, my first year in office. Uh, I'm six months in, about to be six months in. And really for my future, just want to make sure that I... Um, I do my job and that I do it well and that it makes an impact and that I learn and whatever I decide to do in the future that it just continues to be in the same vein of, of changing systems and supporting people um, and giving us what we need and what we deserve because um, there's, there's not enough of us that actually care um, to, to do that, to do the hard work of changing systems, of investing in people and um, you know being honest about how we've been um, mistreated and um, about how much support we actually need so we'll see hopefully do this job well um, and uh, really my goal is to just continue to serve in whatever way that looks like if people mm -hmm. continue to ask me to be in office I will I will do so you know with honor um, and I, I will continue to do um, what my community asked me to do that's dope that's good um, you know, when it comes to BIPOC, BIPOC communities, the people who do, don't know what BIPOC means, it's black, indigenous people of color. But when we talk about BIPOC communities, you know, and you talk, and you look at the news and you see all the violence and all the murders and drug dealing and, and, and then we talk about, you know, nobody cares. It's like, how you want me to care about you when you don't even care about yourself? Mm. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that is one of the biggest things that we have to focus on when it comes to making change in the community is change 
changing the morality of our people because um mm -hmm. you know they could give us all the money in the world and all the opportunity in the world but if you don't know what to do with it you know what i'm saying then you're just mm -hmm. gonna stay the same so you know the same way that we ask them to hold us accountable we're gonna hold you guys accountable too because mm -hmm. this community is not ours and ours alone it's all of ours and we all got to mm -hmm. play a part in it you know what i'm saying and like i said i, I was like damn we got speed bumps all all over the neighborhood because somebody else felt like they needed to govern the way that we conduct ourselves because mm -hmm. we can't drive right you know what i'm saying you don't go to the suburbs and see speed bumps everywhere mm -hmm. why because they respect their communities mm -hmm. you know what i mean you don't see all them whippets canisters all over their community mm -hmm. why because they respect their community mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so if if you know all the problems we have we have all the answers to solve them and it all starts with us mm -hmm. you know what i mean but uh you know gabriela man thank you so much for being here i really appreciate you i appreciate you sharing yourself with everybody and um you know i look forward to working with you and building with you in the future and anything i can do to help you know what i'm saying i'm there for you and thank you so much i really thank appreciate you. you i appreciate it yeah shout out to everybody thank you much love i appreciate y'all Oh, yeah, and happy Juneteenth. you want to uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. So I was trying to pull up the information. I was looking at my phone. Um, so Juneteenth is basically a um, celebration of when enslaved people were, um, were freed. Um, but in this country, um, it took about two years for um, people in the South to know that they were actually freeing them. I'm in the basement now, so I, I don't have um, Wi-Fi to pull the information out the, to give you the, the correct dates. Um, but, yeah, when there was um, freedom of, 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 of enslaved people, um, there were certain there were certain areas in, in, in the South that that they had they had not shared that information to to enslaved folks. Mm -hmm. um, so they continued to be enslaved for two years, even after they were freed, even after slavery um, was abolished, even even after slavery was abolished. So Juneteenth is the date when they when, when they found that out and when and when all enslaved people were free across the country um, and, and they were getting paid for their labor. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, uh, black folks will tell you today that they're still not free that they still have a lot of things that, that are holding them down that they still have a lot of things that, that they need to work on um and and that's why we we need to recognize um how how hard it was for them to 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 be respected um to 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 be freed and and how a lot of those struggles um we, we still feel the, the impact of a lot of those struggles today absolutely but you know i think that slowly but surely we're all in the process of healing yeah you know healing and growing and 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 advancing forward mm -hmm. you know um i know that sometimes we feel like we take a step back every time somebody gets killed or a child gets shot or you know we lose somebody to an overdose but um you know at the end of the day um it's incidents like that that you know keep you grateful you know and give you understanding and that's how we're able to stay motivated and and passionate in the work that we do this has been an episode of real everyday people part of the el nino podcast Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.